So DLF has asked the DLF podcast to do a live read. I don't I don't do this. <laughs> I don't sell advertising space. I don't try and sell anything. But DLF is my home. It is my family. So I'm going to do them a solid here. Instead of putting the uh, other podcasts from DLF ad up at the top of uh, Dynasty Crossroads, uh, I'm just going to do this here live read. Um, again, not going to be paid to do it. I just think DLF's awesome. they got an awesome thing going on. And they asked, and I agree with it. So why not? Uh, let me see here. i got to pull it up. You can tell I'm real professional about this. All right, uh, so DLF would like you to know that if you are... God, can't do this properly, can I? Tired of the same old Dynasty format? Think you have what it takes to be a real champion? DLF has partnered with Safe Leagues and Commish extraordinaire Scott Fish... Hey, Scott! ...to create a brand new DLF Champions Cup Series. That's DLF Champions Cup Series, just in case I stumbled that. In the DLF Champions Cup Series, you're matched up in a Superflex tight end premium with points and payouts awarded each year. Nice. The bonus is that every third year, you, your cumulative points go up against a larger field to see who wins the Champions Cup. That's a neat idea. Claim a team today and begin your journey to hoist the Champions Cup and claim $1,000. Wow, cool. Uh, that's the grand prize. Come prove it, I guess, is what they're saying. It seems like a pretty cool competition. Uh, DLF's running it along with Scott Fish. Actually seems like a lot of fun. So if you're interested in that, please hit up DLF Scott Fish or the DLF Champions Cup Series. Uh, you can find it on DynastyLeagueFootball.com backslash safe leagues. Thanks very much. Let's, let's do a podcast now or something, right? Okay, I'm back up. Great. Um, I know, it's post-draft, and it's Saturday, and I realize I don't have a Dynasty Crossroad episode out, and Saturdays are a day, so it seems like I should do something. Um, but it's post-draft, so I'm just kind of talking here for a second. My thoughts post-draft, I wanted to consume everything. Everything's got a, everyone's got a thought, everyone's got a tweet, everyone's got a this guy greater than that guy, everything's now different. I love it all. I love the draft. I love the post-draft. But I am pretty soon to just shut all that noise out again because it's kind of kind of time to go back to hardware mode. Which Iron Man is it where he tears up his remarkably expensive and nice-looking basement and, like, builds a a collider in his in his house, which, you know, <laughs> yeah, that's possible. Um, or whatever. I, I don't know. As, as a montage, pretty cool. Uh, pretty cool visual for what it's like to go back to hardware mode. But I really think consume it all, get those initial reactions, then drown it all out um, and get back to thinking about what do I think. Write it all down, write your ranks down, then adjust based on what everyone else thinks, what the ADP is. But it's it's really important, I, re I think, I really think to establish where you are before too much influence. Take everyone's initial opinions. I certainly do. If you're interested in some of mine, I did a live reaction. Turned out a bunch of people were up at 2 a.m. after I got off work, so I ended up talking to J. Mike and a bunch of other people. Um, but I put that up on Patreon. It's on YouTube and on Twitch, but that's where the link is if you want to find it. I also tweeted it out. I've been on the average, no, the Dynasty Joes, Fantasy Joes, Fantasy Joes 
um, their draft reaction show. That was today. Um, I also went on the Dynasty Dummies Day 2 event, so you can find that on the DFPN network or the Dynasty Dummies feed. I'm, I'm, I'm around, I'm talking, um, along with some, a bunch of other people just thinking about the draft as it happens. But I'm really about to just turn it all out, go back to my ranks, create my rookie board post-draft, my rookie ranks post-draft, and see where it is. Um, I think I made it really quickly, but some of the best things I've made, I honestly think are just, hey, I want to know this. I want to be able to see this quickly. And that turns out to be what everyone or what a lot of people find useful to see because it's utilitarian rather than, you know, how can I build a really cool database or whatever. So I created, it's got wide receivers and running backs. I'm thinking of adding quarterbacks and tight ends somehow. But right now you just, you insert the draft round and it brings up a hit rate. So with running backs, it's just how often the running backs draft in that round hit for a top 12 or 24 season since, you know, 2003. Um, and it gives you that percentage just to give you a rough idea of how good their draft capital was. Again, it's all kind of arbitrary boundaries, but it gives you something just to base uh, what their draft capital, whether it's good or bad, based on historical averages. And with wide receiver, I do draft round and breakout age for obvious reasons. That's something I find re really valuable and I spend a lot of time working on understanding that, uh, that, that stat. So it gives you a little bit more of a uh, an insight into that type of player in that round. With running backs, there's nothing I can do that clearly. Same with tight ends, same with quarterbacks, but I'll come up with something and try and add them in. I think it's a really useful sheet, just to give you an idea, again, what the draft says on average for that position in that round. How much more or less likely are they to break out for fantasy now? Um, so I think that's pretty cool. It's up on Patreon, it's out on Twitter, DM me, or just tag me on Twitter and say, hey, where was that thing? I'll be happy to send that link along. So, outside of that, some thoughts on the draft before I really think we just go into hardware mode, tear up our basement, build, build a, what is a hydrogen collider or whatever to, you know, create quantum particles or, you know, dynasty ranks um, uh, before we get back to hot taking at each other a little bit. Um, so, first thoughts is I think people again really going to tilt over the wide receiver landing spots for obvious reasons you've got um you know some of the best prospects going to teams that already have good wide receivers that we wanted just as a general rule draft capital wins these battles if the wide receiver seems legitimate um so take an example cd lamb looks like a legitimate wide receiver he's he's amazing production wise he's amazing statistics wise people love him from the tape there's no disagreement here so while i love michael gallup and if i can get him for less now, I don't mind adding them if I'm speculating at a reasonable value round. But the the chances are here that Michael Gallup's going to lose out. The, the team wants C.D. Lamb to have it. And, and college C.D. Lamb was great. Amari Cooper isn't going anywhere for the same reason. So the most likely scenario here is Gallup is the one that loses out for fantasy purposes. He's still going to be a great NFL player. I mean, you can disagree with that, but I'm just, I'm just saying... Typically, just because that's the way draft capital tends to work in the NFL, that's what we should expect. Now, do you think Michael Gallup's so great? And I think, to be clear, he's great. He's an amazing player in college, amazing player in the NFL last year. That you want to hedge that and maybe add a little more Michael Gallup than I'm suggesting, that's great too. Um, I don't. I would like that move. I really like Michael Gallup as a player. I'm just saying, you know, remember Tyra Williams, remember Karen Meredith, who got injured but then never really got a shot again. 
Maybe he never got healthy, I don't know, but he never really was given another shot. And after showing what he did in the league, I think if he had a little draft capital, he would have been given something. I mean, Philip Dorsett's still getting uh, put on rosters and getting uh, given chances. Um, and, you know, Philip Dorsett's a good NFL player, but again, Cameron Meredith, Tyrell Williams have proven themselves to be and never really had the issue forced. And I think a lot of that comes down to draft capital and to spect- and snobbery. I mean, we all have it. Uh, it's no, uh, there's no shame in admitting the NFL likes, um, you know, those high-profile guys, those names everyone knows. It's fine. Um, so just be aware of that. I think C.D. Lamb is fine landing spot, especially when you consider we really thought he didn't... Jake did. Jake was brave enough too, but it's easier to see a top 24 season for most of these wide receivers, apart from a few that really look like they could have that significant upside as traditionally we've seen it. Um, but CeeDee Lamb and Justin Jefferson, they can get there. We know that because they're good players and good players can do it. But, I mean, we shouldn't be so upset about the landing spots just because the ceiling's definitely capped. I mean, the floor is really, really strong there and the draft capital's dead. So I, we don't have a great way of measuring landing spot. So if your opinion on it is just, I don't like it, that's fine. I mean, be a little more pessimistic on them. But don't forget, these are great players. And mostly, uh, they're going to confusing landing spots. They're going to good teams, which, as much as anything else, is a good thing for their landing spot, right? So don't overweight how much we can know how a situation will work out or will stay the same, because we, we usually get that stuff wrong. Um, so it's okay to hedge that a little bit. Um, so yeah, I'm really happy with the wide receiver landing spots, even though there is this little extra question about some of the depth on these teams now. The running backs at the top of the class definitely won um, landing spot. I mean, they have very clear landing spots with very clear roles and very clear needs. Um, if I skip over to them now, you know, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is not the shock. I mean, we know a lot of people liked him. But going to the end of the first round for the Chiefs, who never draft a running back that high, that makes him easily projectable as a 1.01. But if you still like Jonathan Taylor, again, the landing spot worked out for him. Second round draft capital isn't great, but in a deep class, you adjust a little bit. Typically, running backs in the second round break out for, you know, top 12 or top 24 season. You can come up with a pretty good 37% of the time for either if you do an average based on the second round for running backs. So, yeah, and and Jonathan Taylor's better than that, we, we think. We thought that pre-draft, right? Go look at my pre-draft board yeah I was definitely high on Jonathan Taylor so don't let the draft tilt me too much that it's the second round it's fine and Indianapolis good team improving team amazing O-line again we don't know how those things work year over year we can't predict them but there's no reason to think that it's bad so if you like Jonathan Taylor and you should it's okay to go well I want Jonathan Taylor so I'm going to take him 101 that's fine too honestly I think there are I think there are at least those two especially um, a clear 1.01A and 1.01B, um, and that's fine. Go either way you want. Uh, Swift and Acres definitely didn't lose Graham with the landing spots. Detroit's maybe a little bit more muddled for Swift than Los Angeles Rams are for Acres. I'm a lot more worried about Kerry and Johnson than I am Daryl Henderson, but mostly I think those are going to be the guys now. Second round draft capital or not, again, it's deep class, so I don't mind that as much as in some classes. So, you know, 37% hit rate, I definitely think those two guys can fit in that that, that percentage shot. Um, and both on teams that have shown success at running the ball, one strongly wants to run the ball. Swift has maybe a softer f- 
uh, a stronger floor rather because we know he's these are both good pass catchers this is passing great players on in good situations uh, the top three picks without superflex at least they're running backs um it's really where do you take the first wide receiver and then you get to how do I weigh those muddled situations? So, yeah, I don't think much has changed for me there. Dobbins going to Baltimore. He was, like, my fringe end of the first tier um, pre-draft. I like him a little bit more. Honestly, going to Baltimore, he's going to a great team. And as much as I know about landing spot, good team is good. <laughs> and I can understand how that would work. Baltimore's a really strong team. Loves to run the ball. Dobbins is a really solid prospect. And maybe not the elite aspect to some of the some of his qualities the way swift acres have but he's also got a better team than the other two the los angeles rams i think it's fair to put them below baltimore right now um just in terms of quality but the rams again you're passing here uh i start still start thinking about wide receiver between those top three running backs and dobbins but positional value puts it on dobbins those are my initial thoughts um and that's the first question of this year's draft where do you take the first wide receiver um as for the wide receivers, the wide re- it's real clear now. Let me be very clear about this. Justin Jefferson has the best, most likely shot of having a fantasy-relevant season. That's top 12 or top 24 season. He's not a surefire thing. No one is. Uh, you know, prospects rarely hit. It's a f- plain truth. But Justin Jefferson, if you were just doing on likelihood to have relevance... Justin Jefferson's it, and there is a 5% teardrop between him and then you get to C.D. Lamb and Jalen Rago. So it's not that we draft for floor, but the fact is we think Justin Jefferson has ceiling. In Minnesota, it's too easy to think he's going to replace Diggs, but where this player seems legitimate, uh, statistically, production-wise, tape-wise, there's nothing to question that maybe the Rams, oh, sorry, maybe the Vikings trying to replace Diggs actually got a good one. <laughs> so, you know, don't get too gun-shy because he's not Stephen Diggs. He's not Stephen Diggs, but he's Justin Jefferson, and Justin Jefferson's pretty damn good. So I'm not scared of that at all. Um, I do like to reach for ceiling, and that puts me on Lamb. That puts me on Rago. I actually really like his landing spot, and then that goes to not getting gun-shy, Philadelphia, screwing this up time and time again. But they obviously clearly want another wide receiver. They've tried a few lowered shots this year. They just went and got a first-round player. Can't can't hate that. And I really like Justin uh, Jalen Rager's upside. So, um, And again, it's about 5% likelihood based on those averages that I was talking about, about having a fantasy-relevant season. So uh, I really think there's a tough crunch at the top of this wide receiver depth chart too. And you can rank him in any order you like. Jura Judy's in there too. I think he's a little lower for me, but that's fine. Ty Higgin, T. Higgins, Denzel Mims. It, it's pick your poisons. Pick your favorites. Um, get your ranks out. And like I say, I haven't made my ranks. I just That's my rough sketch of him right now. I think I go mm, Jefferson, Lamb, Rager... Then, then it's a Judy, uh, Mims, Higgins kind of a sub tier there. Um, Lavisca Chenault is the one who people are going to be excited about. They're excited pre-draft. I still have too many questions about his profile, especially going in the second round. His percentage chance of hitting looks good. I think he could be a peak late producer pitfall, but that's me, man. He's got, and this is just initial thoughts, right? I'm I'm gonna. I'm going to dig down just just to reconfirm my pre-draft. Do I like him more or less now in the second round to Jacksonville? 
don't know. I, I, I think people are going to like them a lot more than I do. I don't think I'm going to end up with a lot of them. And that's just where I'm at right now. Um, disappointments. Tyler Johnson's like I'm gonna add him. I'm not ever bitten against Tyler Johnson's, but he's going to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the fifth round. Uh, it's the death of Justin Watson all over again. I'm happy he's on a team. I'm gonna want him on a few taxi squads, but it's gonna be hard to hold him. It, it's just that's a disappointment. Brian Edwards, on the other hand. Went to Oakland. I kind of like that. And yes, behind Henry Ruggs. And so I take the hot take out of it a little bit. Henry Ruggs has got the draft capital. He's got the college offense. You know, we can't let him slip too far just because we know we don't like him. Just because of likelihood and value. But the player I want that that jet shot is Brian Edwards. I prefer, I'll prefer Lim Bowden in terms of value and upside. But Henry Ruggs is realistically the guy who should go in front of him in rookie drafts I, I you'd have to force me to take him but i will take him because that first round means something and i don't know everything i, I just try to be humble trying to be humble out here in them streets um anyone else wide receiver I, I got a lot of thoughts on all these spots obviously but just those are the names that really occur to me right off the top I'm disappointed that Hamler went to Denver. I, I mean, Denver looks like a great depth chart. Drew Locke's going to really have to work to screw that up somehow, and I'm almost sure he will, but <laughs> Hamler's got a lot of comparisons to Andy Isabella. <clears throat> Someone pointed out to me, and that's true, but Hamler also played in the Big Ten, so he's doing similar things at a high level. I have a lot more faith in Hamler with second-round draft stock, but I don't think he's better than Cortland Sutton. I don't think he's better than Jerry Judy. Um, even in the same class. So Hamler's got a tough road. I'm going to grab him in third rounds just because I don't know how situations work out. And that's what I take from that. Take the player that I think's good um, at, deep, at low value because situations change, fine. But uh, it's a little disappointment. But also, I'm happy to see him get second round draft capital. Good good for that guy, you know. Brandon Ayuk, no, I, I'm, not, I, I'm not a fan. And I'll talk more and more about him. All of this stuff of the coming weeks, I'm sure. But first, I want to get down to securing my ranks, securing my thoughts, then dig back into what other people think so I can adjust for the things I do and don't know, for the things I know I do well and know I don't do well. I don't read landing spots well. I'm going to have to listen to guys like Stompy. Stompy, is on, uh, Stompy. Jake Anderson, despite being a golf pro, these guys read NFL teams a little better than I do. The best I've got is... Uh, I honestly think seeing their intention through draft capital and what they do in the draft, and that's not perfect, but it helps. Um, so I'm going to need to listen to people. But right now I want to get back to what I think. Making those ranks, making that post-draft board. That's the first thing I'll make. Then I'll post that, and then we can get back down to interviewing people. Um, over the next few weeks I'll also produce a few more solo shows. Again, just whittle out the noise, come back down uh, to breast hacks. What means what? What does this mean? applying it to what just happened in the draft. Um, and then we'll start to build in some other good opinions from maybe some more interviews. Um, I just interviewed Bobby Koch. I just interviewed um, a few different people, actually, that I'm not going to make into solo shows, not going to make into Crossroad episodes. I'm just keeping them as online episodes because, again, I want to get back just to solo shows, working through this class, what I can and can't tell you um, from what just happened in the draft. Um, but I, I did interview Bobby Koch. It's up there pre-draft. I did interview um, Tanho from DLF as well. 
Um, we did a bunch of great interviews this last week, and I didn't manage to make it into podcast episodes, but hopefully you can check them out online, on YouTube, on Twitch. Um, or, or if not, if you have to go back to hardware mode too, it's time to stop consuming pre-draft takes. I don't, I, I don't blame you at all. I just wanted to get on and do a Dynasty Crossroads episode because it's Saturday. The draft just happened. Really excited. I'm in that post-party very cool mode. I got my cup of coffee. I'm feeling warm. I'm feeling snug. I'm feeling content as I work through draft notes, draft capital. I got a bunch of wide receivers I don't have in my database because they really didn't show up, but then got draft capital. I don't think a lot of any of them. I don't know enough about them. I got to go find the stats, put them in the database, re-upload the college prospect database with the draft capital so that can all be visible. My pin tweet on, and also my pin Patreon post for free so you guys can consume that. Got to get that updated make my post-draft board, and then move forward. I um, hope you really enjoyed the draft. Not as many trades as we hoped, um, but plenty of really good landing spots, plenty of really interesting situations. Um, and I think the draft capital told the truth, right? Um, was this a strong class or a weak class? What would happen? Ultimately, the NFL is telling us this is a really strong class. So i got to shut up with that narrative a little bit. Um, I do have some arguments in the back of my head, like T.Y. Hilton's class i remember that being pretty strong right or wrong and most of those top one top two guys didn't work out in the end and ty hilton being ended up being the guy you wanted later in the draft you know that can still happen to classes like this but the signal the the story is a story and this the nfl loves this draft class Uh, and that's great that's great stuff for fantasy it's easier to find more prospects to want and those two big chunks of wide receiver and running back tier ones it looks like a it looks like a target rich environment gonna go find out which targets i really want to emphasize from now on anyway i hope you had fun hit me up on twitter at pa howdy hit me up on patreon if you want again most stuff on there is free guys it's just a place i can host stuff that doesn't get lost in a big long feed like on twitter um so check me out there too if you want uh, check out that DLF read that I just had to do. It's having really fun. I mean, Scott Fish is involved, so you know it's got a good heart at the end, at the heart of it, if nothing else, and it's going to be really well run. Um, so, yeah, guys, I will talk to you again next week, next Saturday, solo show, hopefully unveiling the fact that I've updated both my database and created a post-draft rookie board, and I can tell you what my ranks are and why they're that way. Um, really enjoyed it. Great, great draft this year. I uh, hope you feel the same, and I will talk to you again next week. Yeah. Chicken, chicken or crow, chicken or crow, crossing the road, go. Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, player unfold, so. Jake on the table and Nate on the plays, no. Pete enumerates the plays, they're analytical. Picking my nose, don't really know if I like that. Picking their brains, got different lanes, but I like that. Picking these guys, all of these times, all of these nice stats. Picking apart, the film is an art, always a fight back and forth. There is no order, they disorder more and more because the players ain't no older. They some hoarders or some mortars, dropping bombs without no borders. They got that I like mortar, peak grinding numbers like molars. I don't know anymore, I am at a crossroads. Chicken a crow, chicken a crow, crossing the road, go. Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, player unfold, so. Jake on the table and they on the plays, no. Pete enumerates the plays, they're analytical. Chicken or crow, chicken or crow, crossing the road, go. Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, player unfold, so. Jake on the table and they on the plays, no.